It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite. And this is day after dynamite, although things may look a little bit different here uh, because, as you can see, our, our, our graphics got a bit of an upgrade because uh, day after dynamite is now right here on the Fightful YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fightful. Uh, thank you to Fightful Overbooked, of course, for everything. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, over those last 21 episodes that we got to do but starting with episode 22 right here we're right here on the main fightful channel youtube.com slash fightful i'm will washington the host of day after dynamite still fighting back a cough by the way we were off on day after dynamite last week because i was sick i <coughs> just as i was trying to hold that back I was not able to, but I'm joined by my guest, Fightful contributor. He's also host of Coexisting with Rob and Maggie over on Fightful Overbooked. He is Mr. Rob Wilkins. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for jumping in. You were, of course, at Dynamite yesterday, and yes. we're going to talk a lot about uh, your experience there. But don't forget, give this video a thumbs up. Give us a, a like. Don't forget to send us your super chats uh, over at youtube.com slash Fightful. We also want your Humper Chats, humperchats.com. Anything that comes our way, we'll read it here on the show. Uh, Humper Chats, of course, we get uh, that's through our Streamlabs platform. Um, we get a larger cut of those and uh those help support what we do a whole lot better but uh obviously we get that super chats are a little more convenient so don't forget get us your super chats uh right over uh in your little chat window there but we're talking about dynamite it's day after dynamite lots of stuff to discuss in the fallout and lots of speculation coming up um dynamite took place yesterday at the target center minneapolis minnesota an arena famous for lots of things. The thing I remember the Target Center most for would be uh, SummerSlam 1999. And part of the reason that event sticks out to me in my brain is because, one, we heard about the Target Center a lot at the time, right? It was uh, it was Jesse the Body Ventura. He was the special guest referee at SummerSlam 99. The main event was scheduled to be Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF Championship. And... Uh, what that event is, of course, well known for is this crazy convoluted build in which it starts off Triple H having won the number one contendership at Fully Loaded by defeating The Rock in a leather strap match uh, with interference from Billy Gunn. But then uh, uh, Hunter's the number one contender. But then Hunter has to put his number one contendership on the line on, on the line in a triple threat match between Triple H, China and the undertaker and then china ends up winning that match via stone cold's interference so china is now the number one contender and that was all to film this one random episode of um what was it mtv i think it was true life uh and yeah. once that was filmed then hunter has a rematch with china on the go home raw to SummerSlam, um and china ends up 
retaining via mankind's interference, and then mankind challenges China for the number one contendership. Mankind wins, and then, uh, and this is all one episode of Raw, by the way. And then in the main event, it's a uh, Triple H versus Mankind. They double pin each other, so then they're both the number one contenders to become uh, to face Stone Cold at SummerSlam. And it eventually came out that the reason behind all of that change was because uh, Stone Cold, the WWF champion at the time, was supposed to be taking time off. And so he was going to lose the title no matter what. But it turned out there was a little bit of an issue with having uh, Governor Jesse the Body Ventura raising a heel's hand. So it's like, can we slip a baby face in here? (laughs) So Mankind ended up winning the title. Uh, and then losing it the very next night to Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's one of the, the silliest builds of all time. Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota is where it took place. Of course, this is also the home of last year's Full Gear. Uh, and uh, so that, of course, was an event you were at, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. I was there. How many events did you get to go to at the Target Center? I, you know, I was at SummerSlam 99. Okay. Um, that was an experience. That was the first paper. Was it an out-of-body experience? I would say so. Uh-huh. It, I would say so. It was. Um, that was, was the tagline of the show, folks. Uh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And Chef Boyardee was the sponsor, and they were giving uh, free cans of Chef Boyardee. <laughs> and then they, they stopped because I remember the security, like, no, they can't have them yet on the way out they can have them and i just was like, I, don't, I don't even want one but i just remember that so but it was a uh it was a fun show but that was actually the first time i was ever in target center as well so ah dope um yeah so i imagine you've had quite some experiences because that's also sorry uh again for those who are new to dad uh and new to my reviews in general um one of the things i i know really well are show locations uh, and so I'm thinking about this. This was also the arena, if I remember correctly, Eddie Guerrero's tribute show took place. Yes. Yes. Yep. Did... And I was there for that. That was okay. um, incredibly tough. Um, right. That, that was a dual it... taping, too. That was because uh, it was on a Sunday. Yep. And uh, they did Raw and SmackDown. It was supposed to be a super show no matter what because you were scheduled yeah. to get the, the three way with Eddie, uh, Batista, and Orton. Yeah, and they were going, and the reason they did that super show was because that night they were leaving for their international tour. Um, Yes. And it was such a, it was such a, like, weird, I wouldn't say weird, it was just such a, like, experience that it just, it was so quiet, that whole show. And um, that day, because uh, I didn't have, (laughs) there were no smartphones really at that time. And I was out with my buddies watching football all day. So when I got to the Target Center, I had no idea. So that was an experience. Whoa, really? Yep, no idea. Holy crap. So uh, I guess backstory on me, because I've been podcasting so long. Um, And this podcast exists, by the way, if anybody ever wants to go out there. Because every podcast I've ever done is still out there. Uh, I've been podcasting 17 years, right? So uh, with this being the 17th anniversary of Eddie, I was actually... So we did a podcast. I used to host um, RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk every Saturday night uh, back at that time. And 
of course, Eddie, the news of Eddie's death broke Sunday morning. And so I had done the podcast Saturday night and usually I uploaded the podcast immediately because we did them live and then I'd upload them usually immediately. But that night I was super tired. And so we had done the show and then I was like, uh, I'll upload it in the morning. Uh, I'll worry about it tomorrow. So I go to bed. Uh, I get up the next morning. I don't know what possessed me to check WWE.com of all websites. But for whatever reason, I get up and first thing I did was went to WWE.com. And there it is, big headline, Eddie Guerrero passes away, right? And so uh, I am like devastated. I like dropped to my knees. I was so shocked. And I'm like, oh, crap, that podcast we recorded yesterday uh, kind of had what in hindsight seemed like some disparaging remarks about Eddie Guerrero. Uh, my co-host at the time, I won't say who it was, but he had kind of made a remark about Eddie's appearance and uh, how he was like, he doesn't look healthy. Like he just he made that remark on the show. And I'm like, we have to put this up. Like I had never uploaded this show. And so we ended up putting like a disclaimer at the beginning of the show saying, hey, there are some remarks in this episode that in hindsight now seem tasteless now knowing what took place the day before. Uh, but we're going to leave the episode as it was. And so we ended up putting that one up. It's still out there. Uh, and yeah, so, but I can't imagine walking into that arena, not knowing at all what had taken place. Yeah. It was That's so crazy. Weird. It was so weird. Like, um, I saw a couple like what did it was a sign. Like I saw like one sign that said RIP, uh, Eddie. And, and did like, you think he was like facing the undertaker or something? That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, I, he's facing the undertaker. That's kind of weird. He's not even. And then I saw another one and then I actually saw a little girl crying and she was wearing an eddie guerrero shirt and i'm like so and i'm i went with my friend and i said something is not right like this place is way too damn quiet right now and i said and i asked like one guy that was i don't remember what he was doing but i just said did something happen today and he said he looked at me strange i'm like he's like yeah eddie guerrero passed away i'm like holy oh. crap I'm that's like, a yeah and that is like, a, that is a story. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, I just like stopped, and I was Eddie Guerrero was one of my favorites. That I was, I used to like. I told you on our show that I was a big tape trader guy, mm-hmm. and Eddie Guerrero was like one of those guys that I like. Uh, he's the reason I watched e- early ECW stuff and stuff like that. Just I was just a big fan of his, and that was that was a, just a moment and it was so quiet and even sasha banks was at that show she's talked about yeah. that before um it's just so it was, it's just weird so it's safe to say that the target center is is an arena that uh definitely is special to you you've you've yeah. had a lot of memories there obviously um and with this being quake by the lake by the way was the the tagline of this show uh this was it was one of the bigger dynamites, I would say. Um, this show, of course, opened with this is kind of a weird thing to go from talking about Eddie Guerrero to now talking about a coffin match. Uh, by the way, shout out to uh, super chat from Ray O says first time watching Dad is our fandom named Daddies. If you want to go ahead, I love that actually. <laughs> Uh, and we got another from Ryan that says, Rob, did you realize it was Athena in the baddies section with you? I will not accept denials about your acceptance into the baddies. 
I, I guess, yes. I, <laughs> Ryan, yes. For you, I will say yes. Uh, so, yes, the show opened with a coffin match. Darby Allen, this is his specialty. It's a match that now belongs to Darby Allen as far as AEW is concerned. This was his third. He, of course, had the first one uh, last year at Fire, Fighter Fest. Yes, Fighter Fest. Where, where was that? That was in uh austin texas i want to say uh technically cedar park but who's gonna argue that but uh he had the match with ethan page last year he then faced uh andrade uh and now this time he's had a match with brody king here at quake by the lake i would say between the three this was my favorite uh this was just brutal from start to finish the way darby uh kicks into to, to high gear here with with Brody and it got bloody very 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 fast uh and Darby is just kind of kicking the shit out of Brody going in at him uh a million miles a minute we had a lot of interference in this match uh we actually got to finally see uh Buddy Matthews here again uh we also saw uh as people are patiently waiting to see what happens between Malachi Black and Sting. We got to see a whole lot of interference here. Uh, the thing people are mostly talking about from this match is the ending that saw Darby uh, have Brody in a similar position to the ending to the Royal Rampage, or yeah, the Royal Rampage, in which uh, Darby choked Brody with a chain. Brody uh, ends up passing out, and in the most spectacular, perfectly perfectly executed fashion possible brody king falls into the casket and the casket closes it was uh just amazing i could not believe how well executed this ending went and uh almost as if like was there just like a tiny person hid behind the casket who like closed it on time no there wasn't but it was just phenomenal i thought the match was great uh rob how was this in person and what did you think it started like right off obviously with a bang like the whole crowd was just into it like nobody sat down at all they were completely into this it was loud uh it started like right away when darby just flew in and <laughs> yes. just hit him like the crowd that was like the first big pop because people were just ready to go and mm -hmm. Like you said, within 30 seconds, Brody is just busted open, like already from those thumbtacks. And there was a big groan from the crowd with when he was showing that skateboard. <laughs> and um, it was just, it was great. And then I told my, my friend, I'm like, I go, if I know what came to my mind with that coffin, I'm like, I, I went back to the Seth Rollins moment when they did the, the statue reveal on Raw. Yeah. I'm like, Sting's going to be in that coffin. <laughs> yes, I had the exact like, same thought. Yeah, go, Sting's going to be in that coffin. And I was just like, and then all of a sudden, I was just like, that was a big mark out moment for everybody around me. And, and I love old man napping sting is yeah. just like, yeah, you guys disturbed me. So I'm going to get up here. Cause it like, wasn't even like a graceful setup. And look, sting is, is one of my all time favorite wrestlers, but I love that he doesn't quite have like that graceful, like undertaker setup. It's like, all right, you yeah. guys pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Let me just get up here and do my thing. And it yeah, would've been, it, it would have been great if he would have used the bat to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that. It's very predictable that he was in there, but I'm glad he was. Uh, I thought something was going to happen with Miro in this match. It didn't. Uh, that didn't end up happening till later. But yeah, it, it was it was so great. Uh, I was very happy with uh, pretty much everything that went down to this match. A um, little more interference than I would have liked, but this was a solid B for me. Um, I had just a lot of fun with this from top to bottom and i thought the finish again was just one of the best finishes i've seen really since dynamite has started uh phenomenal stuff tom talks rubbish by the way says uh not seen dynamite yet but here to say big love homies thank you tom appreciate that thank you uh and yeah the the feud's going to continue obviously where it's going to continue who knows actually we kind of know but we do know that we have officially, 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 uh, and I actually am going to hunt for this really quick, but uh, it was announced that the Trios tournament is starting next week, and we have all of the teams in the Trios tournament. I actually have the bracket pulled up, uh, and I want to bring this up on screen because... Holy crap, we have the Trios tournament. Yeah, finally, right? Yeah, this is something that we've... we it was announced a couple weeks ago, but as far as who was in it, we weren't sure. This bracket looks phenomenal. Here we have, uh, again, as stated, AEW Trios tournament. On one side of it, we have Death Triangle and uh, Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open going head-to-head. That's going to be dope. On the other side of the bracket, we have House of Black taking on the Dark Order. Three members of the Dark Order. Which three? I'm not sure, but my guess. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection. Ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This is going to be, I don't know. I I would go with Johnny Hungy and uh, Alex Reynolds and probably Evil Uno. But then like 10, like he's he's been working his ass off lately so i don't know uh and then we're gonna see the new team of the trust busters taking on best friends and then on the other side we're gonna see andrade el idolo dragon lee and roosh versus the young bucks and a partner of their choosing how are they in this tournament and they haven't even chosen a partner yet what kind of tournament bracket maker would allow a team in who doesn't even have somebody yet that's crazy why would you do that but the Young Bucks did have somebody in mind, and uh, we we found out about that. But I want to talk about this tournament for a second. Rob. Yes. Where do you see this going? You got Young Bucks and um, you, you, let's, it's going to be Kenny Omega, I'm sure, obviously, like everybody else thinks. Um, it's going to be Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open. And then... I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think Adam, I think Adam Page might fill in for somebody on like an injury 
for Dark Order. And that's going to be the main event. Or not main event, but that's going to be the, the finals. That's just what I think right now. Um, that could obviously not happen. I, I could see if Adam Cole's good to go by all out, I think that's who he'll he'll end up. I don't, I don't know, but that's the way I see it right now. I think that will obviously change. If I just had to make a prediction, I think that's the way it would be right now. I think, just based on the build as of late, I feel like best friends have to make it to the finals. I feel like they've been so strong on Orange Cassidy lately. He's got the new music and everything. And really, they've had the most segments that kind of center around the trios tournament. Uh, I think with them having the new attire, like it just feels like they've been really trying to cement them as a trio in our minds. Yeah. Uh, I believe like easily they also kind of have an easy route to uh, to the finals in the way that you could take best friends. Like they're obviously going to be trust busters. No question. Um, I could see Dark Order going out early uh, where they're just kind of done. Uh, first round eliminated by House of Black. But then you have Best Friends versus House of Black. On that side, I would then say House of Black still has an unfinished issue with multiple people, right? We've They've got an issue with Sting. They've got an issue with Miro, who says he's coming for them. So you kind of have a little bit of an out that protects them uh, if you're going to have Best Friends go over House of Black. And then I think no matter what, Young Bucks and their partner go all the way. They defeat uh andrade dragon lee and roosh and they defeat uh now what's crazy is let's say it's kenny omega I tweeted this yesterday this is how we get to the will osprey kenny match yes this is how we get to the first confrontation what yeah that's and that's what, like it's from a few or from what last month when sean interviewed sean rossap interviewed kenny omega that was like mm-hmm. the the setup for it and it's just Going back to it now, I'm like, wow! Like when once I saw that bracket, I was like, holy crap! That's that is something else <laughs> from from what I thought. I was like, this is it. I was kind of wondering. I'm like, I'm before I was like, well, they're not going to start this early. I don't think to build something for Wrestle Kingdom, and I don't even necessarily know if AEW is going to be involved with Wrestle Kingdom. But that's what I was thinking it was going towards, mm-hmm. going toward. But now it's. Now it's on just it's gonna be this, and I'm fine with that. I mean, I would I would prefer a singles match, but I'll take this if that's the way they want to do it. Oh yeah. Well, well, we did have a backstage segment in which the the Bucks wanted to talk with uh, Adam Page finally, and basically clear the air on everything that had gone down, and uh, the the Bucks apologized. They officially apologized to Hangman about everything, everything that had happened, and uh, Hangman accepted the apology. They they basically recapped everything, talked about how we were on top of the world for so long, but as soon as AEW started, we we got selfish. We kind of got in our in our own ways and it's basically been problems ever since but you know we were proud of you and what you had accomplished that full gear and we want to let you know that and we just want to be friends again perfect uh and but hangman says you know what the fact is you guys didn't support me in my run for the world title these guys did so i'm supporting them for the trios titles but find somebody that you guys can trust 
and <laughs> Brandon Cutler says, I think they're talking about me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen people speculating, like, what if it's not Kenny? What if it's Kota Ibushi? What if it's this person? What if it's this person? You know, what if it ends up being Adam Page? Like, one, there's no time for that. There's literally no time. It's next week. There's no show you can suddenly find a way to undo what you just did here. It's Kenny Omega. And the reason I fully believe it's Kenny Omega is because, uh, one, everybody in the locker room thinks it's Kenny Omega. Uh, and, you know, Sean had that report from, uh, Fightful Select that the word was that Kenny was coming back. Um, I helped corroborate that in that I did get, uh, or no, I guess I didn't. So I got a no comment before Sean put his report out, but I didn't get a no. And then, uh, and then after Sean put his report out, I got a, okay, now that it's out there, yes, this is what I've also been told. And so uh, that is, so we've known for a little bit, yeah. Kenny's coming back. We know that for sure. Uh, and the question is just when, but we know he's going to be a part of All Out. The reason I fully believe this is Kenny next week is because I think about the first dance, right? And how... They dropped all of those hints, but no confirmation. But they basically planted the idea in people's minds that, hey, this is CM Punk. CM Punk is coming to United Center. They made sure when they announced that the first dance was happening, the first thing we see is Darby Allen, who cuts a promo, who's like, uh, even if you think you're the best in the world, AEW is the place to be, right? So that was our the idea planted in our brains. And then... We got there and they delivered on exactly what we thought they were going to do. I think a big part of that is that AEW doesn't necessarily have the, even the the want to like disappoint people, especially after they've planted the idea in people's brains. Tony Khan himself said when asked about the trios titles, what was the first thing he said when asked yeah. about the trios titles? I don't think this is something we should do without Kenny Omega. I think we should have Kenny Omega for that. So we always knew that this wasn't ever going to happen without Kenny. So as soon as the belts were announced, people were like, oh, Kenny? When? How? Uh, and then they threw us a little bit of the red herring last week with having Adam Page save the Young Bucks. So again, implanted in our head that okay maybe it's not kenny and then they took away that doubt this week so now there's nothing else you can do but deliver on the thing that you know is in people's heads um i know tony to be smart enough to um stop a rumor from uh spreading too far he's done really well with that (laughs) so uh if he was coming across the idea that if he saw too much, if he saw it was going too far and knew that he didn't have the ability to deliver Kenny Omega, I don't think he would allow it to spread this far. So I truly, truly do believe that it is Kenny next week. Yeah, I I do too. And and what I would like to see is, what I would kind of like to see is towards the end where they like, you know what, we can't find any, Brandon, you're it. And then like just the last minute, like, they turn around and like, where the hell's Brandon? And then all of a sudden, Kenny comes out or something like that. Crowd just goes ape. I they have to save it for last, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, and I am seeing in the chat uh, somebody had even said 
that they thought that TK making us wait for the trios titles has put me off of the elite winning them. I still don't think the elite's winning them actually. I, uh, I, I thought I've thought about the introduction of championships that AEW's done and how the most obvious result hasn't exactly happened. Uh, and so, except for Cody, Cody's like been the only one where it was like, okay, he was expected to win pretty much from the moment the titles were announced. And so there's a piece of me that's like, Will they go with another kind of deserving result? Like, kind of go SCU with this. Uh, but speaking of, uh, I, I don't know how we transition into this because it's not even like a surprising thing. Um, there he is. <laughs> there he is. There's Jeremy with. Uh, look, it's thinner now, so we yeah, can kind of see more of your face. Thanks. Uh, nobody needs to see my face. I, I mean, I don't know if I can be here. You, you've you got called up to to the bigger leagues. And I so- got. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to to do my, my run-in anymore. This might be the last one. Oh, no, you're, of course, allowed to. Um, although, I feel like I owe you some kind of run-in, so I won't put everything on the screen. But when, when this when this comes to be... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, please, uh, please don't give yeah, out yeah, the... No, the I'm not, <laughs> I could have put this more up on the screen, but this is a <laughs> wedding invitation to, to, to Jeremy's wedding. What's happening yeah. here? Look at yeah, that. I, this guy's I, getting married. Yes, I'm getting married in less than, than two months. And, uh-huh. and you know, that's that's gonna that's gonna be that. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna just pop up in the middle and I'm just gonna be like, hey, please how's do. going? <laughs> please do, please. We have we have a, a AEW legend performing the ceremony for us. Uh, so you know, please just do a run in in the middle of it. And we're gonna film some stuff. We're gonna film some bits and whatnot. The the future wife is like, what 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 am I getting myself into? She's gonna immediately regret her decision five minutes, five minutes after being married to me. So you know, what can you do? It's all it's all a bit. My whole life is just a bit. Will yeah, none of this is real. We're all just living in one one. Isn't that the Rick and Morty? That's that's all from Rick and Morty. It's just a bit. It's all a bit. Yeah, it's all a bit. Uh, now, how are you, by the way? I'm good. You know, I'm I'm always good. I they can't complain. We we live we live here in a world of great pro wrestling. Well, we do. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird that like <laughs> I don't have any like true complaints, and I feel like that's like almost a cornerstone of like wrestling podcasting is like having stuff to bitch about yeah. and uh but i have noticed over the last couple of years that when things are great people want to hear even more about it than when things are shit not that people don't want to hear about the shit things but i feel like uh there's there is more joy in hearing about the enthusiasm best pod or the best numbers i ever did on any podcast i've ever done was on the CM Punk return show. Literally just talking about the first dance. Best numbers I've ever done on a podcast. So I, I do know that when people are enthusiastic and excited, uh, it can result in, in great shit. But yes, you're still welcome here, Jeremy. I'm going to pretend like you're not because that's part of the bit. Yeah. But uh, otherwise... The look on your face like you're disgusted that I'm interrupting <laughs> your show. I Hi, Jeremy. I apologize, Will. Everyone, yeah. check out everyone. Check out the, you know someone who who is still part of Overbooked, Rob Wilkins, every every Friday at, at three p.m. Eastern with Maggie doing great shit over there. So I appreciate you, Rob, and I appreciate everything you have done, Will. You know, you, you came to me. I was like, hey, I want to review Dynamite. 
hey, can I do this? People, <laughs> people have asked for my Dynamite reviews. Like, well, you're, you're Will fucking Washington. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. Like, whatever you want to do, do it. And you deserve everything great that, that has come your way from this show to Grapsody and everything else that is going to continue to come your way. AEW Music Legend. It's on the invitation. Will. It's like, literally on the invitation. I have to like figure out a way to like cover I, my address. But he literally put on the invitation. Um, hold on, damn it! Yes, you're uh, covering. I'm covering the important part. There, there it is. Go. Oh wait, wait, wait! I've got your address in there. Oops. I do have one question I want to bring up. Um, Jeremy, can you really quick cut a promo on Jarrett Bailey from what he did to you this past weekend? I mean, just fuck Jared Bailey. That's that's my <laughs> promo. Uh, he, he screwed me over, and he doesn't understand Missy Elliott re- uh, references either. Yeah, that was bad. Can you believe this? Well, Washington, I had the first pick in the NFL in our fantasy draft, our, our, our group fantasy draft. He told me, you have the first pick, Jeremy. You have the first pick. And then I show up to the draft, and I had the 12th pick in a 12-man league. And... <laughs> So I went from first to last, and I made a Missy Elliott reference. How he he flipped it and reversed it on me, and he didn't understand it. Because whoa, 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 whoa! The yes. easiest Missy Elliott reference of yes. that. He didn't get it. I thought you were gonna say like, oh yeah, I hit him with the he he he, and like, okay, maybe somebody didn't get that. But that's the easiest right. Missy Elliott reference of all time. Right. I yep. he, he's like twelve. All right. Like yeah. like twelve like year old. He's gonna be. He's. I think he's gonna be at the way. I'm gonna punch him in the face. I'm gonna punch a. I'm punching Sean Ross Sapp in the face and fight everybody at my wedding. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Gary. All right, I, I'm getting out of here. Thank you for everything, Will Washington. Thank you, Rob Wilkins. Everyone, bye everybody. Hope you enjoyed Dynamite. Bye guys. Oh, he's gonna punch some folks at his yeah. wedding. I I hope to be there. So. Well, I'm going to try. Uh, I am like, so I'm working off a percentage. You better be there, Will Washington. <laughs> I work off of percentages, right? Because I said that, uh, I said this past week, I was like 35% going to be at all out. And now, by the way, it's at 100%. Uh, so I'll say Jeremy's wedding is currently sitting at a 42%. And as far as. Uh, Fuck all out. Come to my wedding, Will Washington. <laughs> So I'm working on it. I I am working on getting those percentages higher, and it's just a matter of finding all of the the things. I will say I've never been to um uh to Ohio. That I have only That's ever. That's not a good reason to come. Oh god, he's never gonna leave. No, um, either. I uh because I I the, my. Longest stay in Ohio was a like two hour layover, and that's about it. So, um, exciting times. Uh, and we got a couple more on the super chizat front, uh, to where Van Twinblade says, uh, the third man is Orson Welles. Spoilers for a 73 year old movie. Thank you. Uh, and. All I know is I'm excited for this tournament. I think that, you know, there's such a huge field of trios, and I'm actually kind of surprised at who's not in this. Uh, I think, you know, obviously Undisputed Elite wasn't going to make it to this, and but there's stuff you can do with them for later. Yeah. So I, I think it's 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 all there. Uh, on one end, I want to see 
uh, Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open win. But on the other side of it, like Death Triangle was kind of the foundation of the trio's division. How do you do this without them? Yeah. Uh, but on the other side, we've also already seen the Elite versus Death Triangle before. Uh, a great match. Saw it at Daly's Place January 1st, 2020. But we've seen it. And so we I would like some fresh stuff out of this tournament. I don't know. But I will tell you this. We got to see the tag team. Tag team. Um, what was this? This was Lucha Rules. This was... Uh, a tornado tag match. It was the Lucha Bros going up against the team of Roosh and Andrade El Idolo. Wow. That match, it was fantastic in person. And I I did rewatch um, the coffin match, but I did not get to uh, the rest of the show. And in person, that match was just phenomenal. And I, I just absolutely love watching the, those four go go the, yesterday was the first time i ever got to see roosh in person so that was a oh that's that fun. was a that was a very good moment or very made me very happy at least um so i, I absolutely love that match the thing and i don't know if anybody's i don't know if anybody's reported it because i haven't checked but um after the match phoenix was being helped by i can't remember who was the ref that or no doc sampson was helping mm-hmm. him after the match. Um, it was kind of weird. No, I and I I told people, but I don't know if they didn't pay attention or what. But he was helping him. It was kind of weird, and he was limping. But that's the thing. I don't know if he was selling it because that's a that's the thing. But it was weird, and Samson went all the way to the back. So uh, I hope I hope. I mean, uh, I I will say throughout this match. So I don't know, but I do know that Ray Phoenix was selling quite a bit throughout this match. Yes, um, he's a phenomenal seller. Uh, now this is one of those your mileage will vary kind of matches because, uh, I know that tornado tags aren't for everybody. I could very much see a lot of pure wrestling reviewers basically being like, I couldn't understand what was going on. Uh, and this was just a, a train wreck. I could see people saying that. And I'm, and not, I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm not one of those people. Uh, I love tornado tag matches. I uh, and I've loved them across companies. Um, one of my favorite matches on Raw was a tornado tornado tag match, um, and uh, I think the to me this wasn't hard to keep track of. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I will say it got a little messy after the commercial break when things kind of came back. Um, it did kind of lose itself. I also think that the uh, they've kind of gone to the well one too many times for my liking on Pinta mask spots. Like, okay, we've done it. We know uh, that's an easy one. Like at this point, uh, why not just like tie the mask around your neck or something? Because clearly people are constantly coming for your mask. Right? Um, uh, Pinto El Cero Miedo. And by the way, he wasn't Pinta Oscuro this time. Uh, that was actually pointed out on commentary that uh, at this point, he and Ray Phoenix were back to basics on uh, being the Lucha Bros yeah. and wanting to take on uh, Rush and Andrade. The... Uh, yeah, this is, there was a ton of chaos in this match, though. Um, Pinta sacrificing the mask to stop the pin, that was fun. Yeah, but uh, 
You know what? And somebody in the chat said, man, wrestling podcasts are also just a boys club too, apparently. Lord, you know what? <laughs> While that's true, <laughs> there's... <laughs> well, I can't deny that. I, I will say, though, that, hey, there are other podcasts in the pipeline, by the way, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So there's stuff. There's stuff. Stay tuned. And I, I just want to pay attention to my Twitter, you know. And I just want to say I misspoke. It was Pinta, not Phoenix. Oh, okay. That's, that makes a little more sense. Help. Yep, it was Pinta, not Phoenix. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Phoenix um, basically took the finish of this match. Uh, the crowd was chanting throw it back, by the way. Biggest heel in the building had to have been the guy who didn't throw the mask back. He, where he threw it, I can tell you what happened. Where he threw it, he went to the, the time guy. So he threw it far enough where it went to the camera side. And uh -huh. somebody that works with AEW was the one that caught it they handed oh. it to, to somebody in the sound area and that's where it went so uh, it, it, they they knew what they were doing crowd was chanting um throw it back <laughs> was chanting throw it back i thought that was a, a a great little chant there uh but the fact that it didn't come back i think was the biggest disappointment there yeah and uh so yeah this was fun. I mean, it, it was a B minus for me that it was a fun match. I enjoyed it. And uh, I think it was great to establish uh, Andrade and Roosh as a duo here to have the victory. That said, they're going to lose uh, next week to the Elite. But uh, they have Dragon Lee there to take the fall. I think that's exactly what's going to happen there. Uh, but that was that. Yeah, fantastic match, too. Like, I just... I, I loved it. Just the Andrade is just, he works the crowd so well. People just love to boo him. And mm -hmm. I absolutely love the guy. The way he, they were booing the pinfall. I haven't heard boos like that for a finish in a long time. But uh, I thought this was a great crowd, by the way. Shout out Minneapolis. This was a was an excellent crowd. You know, and that's what you just said there. I was going to bring it up earlier. Last or this past June, the first day when that Vince McMahon, I think it was a week after that Vince McMahon news came out. No, it was the first day that Vince McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon news came out where he made that first TV appearance mm -hmm. that day. That was Minneapolis. And we got completely crapped on because people and that what I've said is it's two different crowds. Mm -hmm. AEW crowds and WWE crowds are completely different because people were cheering for Vince. And um, obviously I was not. I was at that show and <laughs> that's when Brock came back. So. I got to see Brock come back. That was pretty cool. CM Punk come back and like, and that's just in two months or three months in Target Center. So I've been lucky there. Yeah, um, there's a story behind that that uh, hasn't been reported. I need one more source on it to corroborate it, uh, but that may be one of those things that ends up in an Ask Rhapsody Fightful Select show. But uh, there's there's a story there actually. Um, and so we said Anthony uh, Henry get squashed by Luchasaurus. Uh, that was what it was. Um, Christian Cage was on the Tron. Um, Jungle Boy runs in the back to go after him. And uh, security ends up breaking it all up. Jung uh, Luchasaurus comes in, destroys everybody. Headbutts Pat Buck, of all people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had a promo from Miro. Miro is approached in his promo by Julia Hart, who tells him to embrace their gift. And he says that, 
Uh, what did he say? There's like, there's only one woman allowed to touch my face. Yeah. Um, and it's not her. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Something paraphrasing. Yes, yeah, pretty much right on there. And yeah, um, it was it was good. The crowd <laughs> loved it. They they <laughs> laughed and loved it. And but yeah. and then, then he says he's coming after House of Black. Yes. So that's probably our six man we're getting of Miro, uh, Darby, and Sting versus the House of Black. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, what else? Then we had, there was the in-ring segment with, uh, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt, and they were talking about taking out Wardlow, and Lethal wants another shot at the title. Uh, out comes Wardlow, and he is joined by his former Pinnacle teammates, FTR. Continuity here, by the way, when MJF had his issues with Wardlow, and he was trying to get FTR on board, and FTR specifically told MJF, hey, leave us out of that. We love Wardlow. <clears throat> we have nothing to do with any of that. And hey, still on the board, right? The, uh, the pinnacle still alive, uh, just with these guys. How would Sean Spears feel about this, I wonder? I was wondering the same exact thing. What you just said, I was like, oh, where the hell is Spears? Come on. We're um, probably the only two people on Earth wondering that. But yeah, we probably and Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But nonetheless, uh, it's interesting that I think people for the longest time were thinking going into All Out that it was going to be FTR challenging for the tag team titles. However, that's starting to not seem like the case. Uh, and I said last week that I didn't want it to be the case, that I love FTR. I think FTR is uh, on their hottest run and one of the hottest runs a tag team has really ever been on. Yeah. That said, there's another team on a hot run right now that I would capitalize on. And that's the Acclaimed. The Acclaimed are on a really hot run right now. They got that big victory over, uh, over the Gun Club last week. They're extremely over. And to me, I feel like you could probably stretch... Because... FTR has so much going for them already. They have three sets of belts. One of them is a belt that's owned by Tony Khan. So it is, um, you do have the ability to have FTR do something tag team title-wise. They can defend the Ring of Honor tag team titles in AEW. No big deal. It can happen. And uh, you can have them defend against practically anybody at All Out. Um, as a matter of fact, I think about how Death Before Dishonor ended with, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta coming after FTR. I feel like you can do that while at the same time, you got to capitalize on what the acclaimed is doing. And uh, I feel like Swerve and Keith Lee are hot. The acclaimed are hot to me. No brainer. I would go with the acclaimed versus Swerve and Keith Lee. There's obviously the rap connections you can do there. Uh, there's things you can do with that. That would be fun. That's where I would go. Um, somebody in the chat said the acclaimed are over, but they feel like a team who the fans would turn on during their reign, just like they did hangman. You don't have to have them win. I just feel like they should at this stage, uh, they should be challenging. I think that, especially when I think it was Bowens who pointed out that the acclaimed are the winningest tag team in the history of AEW. Now, a lot of those wins happen on dark, but nonetheless, the fact that these team, the, 
that this team has won more tag matches than anybody in AEW, I think is something you should capitalize on right now uh, and give them at least a big showing out on pay-per-view. They haven't even gotten... Have they had a pay-per-view match or has everything been uh, pre-show thus far for the two of them? Uh, I think it's either been pre-show or I don't think they've had a match on pay-per-view. I mean, I know... Uh, so as a tag team, because I know yeah. Caster was yeah. in the uh he's been in the multiple things um yeah. he's been in the ladder match he was in the face of the revolution ladder match and yeah. he was in the uh yeah the battle been... he was in the casino battle royale but as a tag team i don't believe the two of them have had a tag team match on pay-per-view and that's the act right so like to actually get to the tag titles would be a cool thing for them and like i said they're extremely over that opening screech from their theme has it gets pops every time i think well, Last night, they they without any spoilers they they were in the uh, they did dark taping. Crowd went nuts when yeah. they came out. That and, elevation, right? They they, they did yeah, the elevation. taping for elevation, yep. which is another thing too. That that to me, Tony Khan is very purposeful with uh, elevation a lot of the time um, in ways people don't even realize. Where a lot of times it feels like he'll use elevation to kind of stack some wins up enough to give people uh, momentum. So when I saw they were on the elevation card, my immediate thought was, okay, so clearly you want them to have enough wins to matter, uh, especially going into the next episode of Dynamite. Something tells me that uh, I might be on the right track here. Or not. Maybe it is going to be FTR versus Swerve and Keith Lee. I don't know. Either way... uh, I'm into to pretty much everything happening here. Uh, another thing I'm really into, uh, speaking of tag teams and ex-tag teams, Ricky Starks got to take on his ex-tag team partner of Aaron Solo. They actually did show us a little bit of their history as a tag team. I know people were worried about that uh, because it had only ever been referenced on uh, Twitter. But no, they showed us a little bit on TV. It was a very, very quick match, though. Ricky Starks basically beats Aaron Solo with a really great spear. One of the things I like seeing from Spears uh, can be when they're not perfectly uh, situated in the sense that, like, you know, the Spear, for the most part, has an opponent who's facing um, the the Spearer. The Speary is is perfectly in position to, to be speared. And what I liked was that Aaron was just coming to his feet, hadn't even fully turned around, and Starks was like, fuck it, just going to throw myself fully at him. Looked great. One, two, three. Starks got the victory and ran uh, Nick Camarado, who wanted to uh, take out Ricky, uh, and Ricky ends up escaping through the crowd. Not much of a match to review here, so I'm not going to. What did you think of this, Rob? It was it was fun for it it didn't last long obviously but it was fun seeing the fans react to ricky he's absolutely adored and loved already and um i think a lot of people just love the pop of uh hobbs breaking the tv just yeah i think i think that was that was a better reaction than i was uh than i than i thought he'd get so ricky with a smooth spine buster here by the way uh that i wasn't expecting him to be able to whip out i think ricky is about to have a really great face run ahead of him and uh i'm excited to see what he does throughout this but so far so good the fans are very into him they're very behind this i think hobbs is looking as mean and powerful as he needs to it's great 
Yes. Yeah, it, it, it was great. And as far as that, that was a beautiful spine buster. And um, there's somebody in the back that he could be learning that from because he's one of the best to ever do it. Arn Anderson, um, who, who knows? But he's always been Ricky's always been good. So, yeah. Um, but it, it was a like you said, it was a good spine buster. I even noticed that like last night. It just it was a <laughs> good one. And so I was pretty excited for that because that's actually one of my favorite wrestling moves. It's mm-hmm. just a good one. Um, and slightly earlier in the night, but, uh, as in not in the 930 time slot, but, uh, still later than last week, Madison Rain took on Jade Cargill for the TBS championship. Uh, Jade Cargill, of course, defending at, uh, she was 38-0 going into this. She wants her 39th win. She took on Madison Rain. Yeah. Fame achieved via uh, her run in impact wrestling um she has also been all around the globe i uh, she wrestled in ring of honor um and seeing madison rain here on this stage is still a little bit fascinating i asked the question yesterday and the answer was actually all out but i was like is this the biggest crowd that biggest televised crowd because she had those tna house shows but was this the biggest televised crowd madison rain had been in front of and of course the answer was actually all out or all in the first all in um but nonetheless it's still weird seeing madison rain like on a big stage with a big crowd because mentally i've been watching this person for 15 years and in that time it's usually been in like a sound stage so (laughs) Uh, it, it was a little bit odd to see, but she took on Jade Cargill, challenged. Um, this could have been better. Yeah, <laughs> this was. Uh, I didn't think everything here was 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 as clean as I would have liked. Uh, and oddly enough, the things I didn't like in this match, um, were not on the the newbie they were on the veteran uh because for the most part i thought jade cargill was actually clean as hell uh but jade yeah. cargill retained yeah she's 39 to there yeah there were a couple of spots that i noticed um and i was just kind of weird plus the crowd was dead for it um which is disappointing because jade cargill they were they were hot once jade cargill came out and i was gonna say her entrance was really over she yeah. seems to be very over with fans in general. It seems like as soon as her music hits, people very much pop and react for Jade Cargill. Yeah, and the section to my left, there was probably 10 guys saying, Channing, cut the shit, Tony, cut the... <laughs> and it's like, no, well, he's not out. I there, have but... tried to get cut the shit yeah. over as a chant, yeah. by the way. I know I was... Forget what show I was at, <laughs> but Tony was interviewing Jade in the ring, and I'm chanting, cut the shit. And nobody's chanting along. I think like three other people were. And I thought, how is this not caught on with people by now? Cut the shit should be very much a thing that uh, that lives wherever Jade goes. And it wasn't. Uh, the post-match, though, saw one of the baddies in the baddie section uh, make her way into the ring. And she revealed herself to be Athena, who attacked Jade, cleared the ring, and... Uh, motioned for the TBS championship. She wants to be the one in Jade's 40 and one, assuming she gets one more victory in between. Can she be the one? I don't know. But uh, 
I can't believe they've held off this long. And the crowd, I will say the crowd did pop for Athena, it seemed like. And it feels like people are very much wanting to see this match. One-on-one, Jade Cargill versus Athena. I can't believe they've held off on actually having them go one-on-one all the way back to when Athena debuted at uh, Double or Nothing. That was the last pay-per-view. They never hold off on things between pay-per-views like that. But here we are. Yeah, you might they, as well hold on to all out now. Yeah, I, I think you hold on, like just let them do their little thing, like attack here and attack there until all out, and let them go at it. And Jade's going to retain, I think. Uh, I was asked last week if who I was asked last week who do I think the person is that's going to be Jade, and I said honestly I don't think the person's in the company right now, um, unless they I decide, don't unless they decide they they want to move her up like for the title change or mm-hmm. for the main title. But it wouldn't also surprise me if she keeps that title and goes after the other one. It would not shock me. Um. Well, I think this title was invented to keep her from going after the yeah. other one. I think the whole point was uh, to keep Jade strong, to keep her undefeated, but to keep her out of the rankings. So therefore, because uh, she's not ranked anymore, um, and therefore you can have her continue doing this, continue building up, continue looking strong without winning the world title. The problem is in the process, I think they made the TBS title a little more prestigious than the women's world title in doing this. Uh, now, that said, Tony Storm, of course, is going to be having a match with Kylan King next week. Really looking forward to that. I think Kylan King has been on a phenomenal indie run since her last appearance in AEW. And... Uh, I she felt like she's had something to prove and she's been everywhere uh, just kind of left and right doing her thing. I think coming back next week, she's going to show that she's got a little more than we ever thought she had. Uh, she's going to be facing Tony Storm. I don't think they're going to go with the one on one again, but it does seem like they are headed toward Thunderstorm versus Tony Ro- Thunderstorm. Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, I think they're probably going to do a four way at all out. That's my guess. I think uh, with Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, Tony Storm, and Thunder Rosa for the world oh, wow. title. That's my thought. Some have said triple threat because obviously Britt's hovering around this. Britt isn't going away. She's going to be having the match. Uh, and I think if you do the four way, you can finally kind of execute the split in the match. Because like the way I would do it is have Britt demand that. Uh, Jamie lay down <laughs> since it's a one fall to a finish kind of thing. And then like Jamie doesn't like give him a mo- give her a moment, give her a moment. That'll pop the crowd. That'll get people into her finally deciding, no, I'm done with this Brit. I'm not doing that. Uh, so we'll see. We also got the reveal that uh, Ty Conti will no longer be using. And I heard this last week, but uh, it's official. She will no longer be using the last name Conti. Uh, she is now Ty Mello, uh, which is her given last name. Uh, Conti, of course, was the last name that uh, she took on when she married her former husband, Jorge Conti. And since she's remarried, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to keep that last name any longer. Um, I thought they'd just go as far as using Ty Guevara uh, just to like really hammer the gimmick home. But yeah. nope, she is Ty Mello now. Uh, and she had a match on Rampage that I'm not going to talk about, but you saw. Mm-hmm. But... This brings us to our main event. The AEW interim world title on the line. Chris Jericho taking on 
John Moxley, but not just any Chris Jericho, folks. Oh no, we had the Lionheart Chris Jericho using his uh, white zombie music that I believe he used in ECW. Am I correct? Yeah, he's used it in he's used it in a lot of places, but um, it was it was good. <laughs> when he came out, just seeing Lionheart, it was like, holy crap, that was just amazing. Um, it was like a it, it felt like a time machine kind of just for a minute, you know, like just seeing this, like he looked young or like from, from a distance, like I, I could just see it with the tights and everything. I'm not saying he was exactly obviously that young, but um, he, he just looked great. He did. And it was just cool to see the guy that, again, I'm talking about ECW here, but the guy I watched on ECW tapes, new, J- new Japan tapes. It was great. I, I loved it. I'm glad I got to see it. Yeah, and Jericho happens to be in phenomenal shape as of late. Um, really, in 2022, he's been in phenomenal shape. Um, so, in this case, though, him versus John Moxley. Uh, one, props for holding off on this for two and a half years. Uh, the fact that Jericho and Moxley at one point was one of the biggest feuds AEW had ever done. It was definitely one of the longest builds they had ever done. Um, and it's a program people liked. They, It was one of the most popular programs with Moxley having his eye gouged out and the whole build-up to Revolution 2020. It went for a good, like, 12 weeks, uh, just straight on uh, from November till the very end of February. It was February 29th. I remember that because it was Leap Day. They held off on the rematch for two and a half years wow. to get here. Jericho, the first champion, didn't get another rematch for the title for two and a half years. Uh, and like, there were certain things here where he grabbed the title after the match that I'm like, this actually kind of looks right because I'm used to seeing, I, even though I haven't seen him with the belt in two and a half years, Jericho with the belt didn't look too off. Uh, this was the best showing Jericho's had in the ring in a long time though. This match, uh, got again, bloody very quickly, mainly because, uh, a very warranted you sick fuck chant came about after Jericho ripped out John Moxley's earring. Let me tell you, as a guy who walks around in a hoop earring, that is one of my biggest fears. And I've had this exact earring for like 25 years. Been sitting in my ear this whole time. I do wash it. Don't worry. Solid gold. Uh, I have to. But anyway... Moxley had his ripped out, and uh, <clears throat> now granted, obviously it was probably gimmicked, um, and there was some gigging involved, but nonetheless, gruesome, gruesome, gruesome visual, and it ended up playing into the rest of the match, something that Jericho was targeting, uh, and yeah, these two just worked a really great, smart match. Jericho looked amazing out there. Moxley uh continue to perform at a top level i can't believe how good this was i this was one of my favorite tv championship matches of 2022 yeah it was great and the i I don't know how it came across on tv but the crowd started getting behind jericho a lot um in this match which was something that i was rather surprised by and then once he hit that lion salt um Mm -hmm. they went they went nuts and that that even surprised me more, but it was just a, it was such a good match. Uh, the, I love the anticipation that 
the crowd had when um when Jericho would just put Moxley in these different like holds and get out of them and there was you could definitely tell the tribute like at the beginning um when they're with the, some of the holds that that was definitely like some Stu Hart stuff in there and I loved that it was it was just good like overall fantastic match um it is everything that I w- wanted and more I, I knew I was going to get a good match because I've never seen a bad John Moxley match, and, you know, so getting that was made me really, really happy. Yeah, I thought that Moxley has been on a really great run this year, um, and he had a promo earlier in the show where he talked about, again, he's not a fan of the word interim because as far as he's concerned, he is the champion, and... Uh, I appreciate it like Jericho every time he said he was coming to become the champion. Jericho would not say interim champion. Jericho was saying, I'm going to be the AEW world champion. Uh, Because these guys should have a chip on their shoulder over the fact that they're here defending this title, fighting for this title. Uh, And where's the champion? Champion's nowhere to be found. As far as we're concerned, this is the championship. Uh, And... Yeah, this match was longer than their first one, uh, first AEW one, and I would even say better. It didn't have the story of the eye around it, uh, and instead, it didn't have a whole bunch of interference like the last one. Uh, this was, there was interference, but not like the last one. Yeah. But ultimately, Moxley wins with the choke on Jericho. Jericho taps out. Uh, again, just a phenomenal main event. Jericho still has the ability to remind us that at 52 that he still has just a lot going for him and this was a great showing for chris jericho but uh, the post match is what has everybody talking the post motherfucking match so uh this match by the way solid 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 a oh absolutely can't go a plus on it definitely not going s tier but this was very good very great main event very great storytelling uh these guys are top tier guys for a reason just a great great match the post match though saw uh after the match jericho appreciation society runs in this leads to or half the jericho appreciation society this leads to a run in from blackpool combat club leads to the rest of jericho appreciation society uh, we see Eddie and Ortiz make their way in. Whole bunch of brawling going on. Uh, these guys just are still at each other's throats. Yep. And then, and I let me tell you, I have watched this like 10 times already. And each time, I keep looking for different people in the crowd just to see their facial expressions when that static hits and cult of personality plays. See it, this massive pop. Massive, massive pop. CM Punk makes his way down and clears the fucking ring of everybody. Uh, and I forgot he hasn't really like interacted with Chris Jericho the entire time he's been yeah. in the company in the last year. CM Punk has been out here. He's had 21 matches in AEW. Hasn't even scratched the surface of the guys who are there. Yep. But he cleared the ring of these guys. And then Moxley turns around. Big, big, big reaction to uh, a big reaction. Yeah, Yeah. this face-off. People start chanting, holy shit. Uh, And Moxley flips off CM Punk 
and leaves. Yeah, hits him with that shoulder too. Yeah, hits like, him with the shoulder. Hit him with the shoulder. Moxley looked like a complete tough guy here. He and he makes a great case, right? You know, yeah. the idea that uh I'm the AEW world champion. I'm carrying the belt. I've been the champion. And I've not only been the champion, but I have had a match every single week since I've become champion. You had one match and then had to leave for a foot injury. So like there was so much said here without saying it. CM Punk then turns around, starts hopping on the foot. Reminder that this man uh, has a... He worked the hell out of all of us, right? This man walked around in a boot uh, two weeks ago at San Comic-Con, Diego Comic-Con yeah. talking yeah. about, uh, I've got... I'm in a lot of pain. Uh, you know, I don't know how the recovery is going to go. Uh, he had everybody talking about, well, maybe full gear then is when we see CM Punk back. Oh, no. Yeah. This man. And I'll tell you, the only word I personally got on this, I tweeted this because uh, somebody asked me, they're like, when did you find out of CM Punk? I was like, I didn't. Uh, I don't know what you thought I knew. Uh, mm-hmm. But the only thing I knew was that I, I was told specifically by somebody in AEW, you will know what All Out is looking like by the end of Quake by the Lake. And I thought, okay, that's good enough for me. That was actually all I needed. Uh, Because I'm curious. We only have three more Dynamites. And so where is all of this going? I had no idea. Now I know. CM Punk versus Jon Moxley in the main event in Chicago at All Out. It's funny. That graphic they put out for all out about five weeks ago uh has been a bigger spoiler than anybody realized right like they put it out about an hour too early because they put it out the day that swerve and keithley won the tag titles and on that poster swerve and keithley had the tag titles on it um i hadn't seen that at the time but i then got dms from people that were like oh yeah this graphic kind of spoiled it that they were winning yeah the graphic has had since it's been out has had both cm punk and John Moxley with the titles on it. Yep. My thought initially was, oh, this is just a hope. This is a hope that they're going to get there, but obviously not happening. It's happening. Yes. This is it. Yeah, I was like everybody. Ah! Just like everybody last night, once that music hit, it was, holy shit. You know, the the crowd, we went nuts. Uh, CM Punk just coming out and clearing that ring and I just loved how he just looked, he was just so easy with everybody. Like he just, he didn't have a problem with anybody. Like when Sammy went after him, flew over the top rope and punk just let him hit the ground. I love that. And then he gets in the ring and he, he takes out uh Hager with a, tries to take out Hager with the clothesline and he had to put a little more effort into it, but he mm-hmm. got him and then he had the Jericho stuff and it was just great. The whole crowd and, and, I'm anxious to go back and look at reactions now. Um, and I, I, I would, I wish I would have been recording and I thought about it like on my phone. I, I really did. I was like, somebody's going to come out and I should have, <laughs> um, I, I do regret that, but I was, nah, I'd live in the moment. Like that's, well, the that's, thing what, is... that's what it was. I was living in the moment and I didn't uh-huh. think about it. And after it happened, I was like, Holy crap, that would have been cool. Cause I, I think back about like some of the other surprise appearances and, but that was just a moment that I truly was not expecting and for him to come out and 
it's great when you see wrestling fans so pumped up. Like I saw people jumping up and down and um, it's awesome. It was great to see and crowd went nuts after the, after the cameras went off, he was waving and doing his thing, still celebrating the crowd, just going crazy for him. And it, it was good. We, it, we are at a great time right now. I will say that, uh, you know, I've seen complaints over the years of why don't they have more surprise returns anymore? And I thought, you know what? These past couple of weeks, it's kind of all we've seen uh, is just surprises, right? And like, granted, Kenny's not really a surprise, but it's not announced. So to me, it's still a surprise. Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm I've been very happy watching wrestling lately. I thought this was a great episode of Dynamite. I thought Quake by the Lake delivered. Um, Graham B says gratuitous middle finger use is why I love AEW. Thank you, Graham. Nah, this was dope. This was fun. Uh, and I very much am looking forward to what we get next week. And next week is really just a regular ass dynamite. It's in Charleston, West Virginia, uh, which AEW was last in in 2019. That was the show where, um, the that was where they crowned the first tag team champions um and that was the oh, show that was all rick and morty themed because they had the like green uh the green ring post so i remember all of that vividly uh they have not been in charleston west virginia since then wow you know the the one thing i'd say that would have been pretty cool if they would have done it last night is if kenny omega would have came back last night it would have been because it would have been the last place he was at yeah full gear and then he comes back there that would have been sweet um but overall it was one of the best wrestling shows i've ever been to um, wow okay yeah especially it, considering it, think about what this man said he's been to yeah uh, earlier it, in the show that's crazy yeah, it, it was and it was it was one of the best and i loved full gear I, I don't know if i'd put it up like against full gear because that was just completely different that was my first AEW experience mm-hmm. um and i just absolutely loved it but that was that was just something else just the hey we got those porn bots that's great um so we had it was just a great show great event great i can't say enough like just how much fun i had and that was the first time i've had fun at a wrestling show since full gear and it was i i I can't wait for the next one that i go to in the next i just any event that i go to I, i just absolutely love because a we both love wrestling so much so but it is it's a show i won't forget there's a lot of other things that that happened yesterday for me um that just made it even better so well that's dope and this is fun and uh the last thing we have to do here because it's time day after dynamite faithful if you know this show you already know but if you're new to this show because we're on a different channel now Got to check in on the ratings. How did this episode perform? Well, ratings just dropped. This show did 972,000, which is up 4% from last week's show, which I think was was in the low nines. Um, And a 0.33 rating, 
um, which was good for the number one spot on all of cable. Um, on all of television, it was the number seven um, behind pretty much everything on network TV. But number one on cable, per usual, uh, pretty handily beat Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and uh, pretty much everything else that was new on cable. Pretty much it's just like Dynamite, uh, Real Housewives, and then a bunch of cable news stuff. Wow. So uh, Good. there you have it. The uh, <laughs> the CM Punk return moment is doing crazy numbers on YouTube right now. I think it's at like 1.2 million. Um, it was already over a million in 12 hours. Uh, so that's definitely one that's piqued a lot of interest. Uh, so I'd be more curious to see how next week's show does now knowing that CM Punk is on. It's, of course, a Game of Thrones-themed show. Uh, it's sponsored by uh, House of Dragon. And, yeah, this one will also feature a much-anticipated return of Kenny Omega, hopefully. Um, asking, are you going to watch SmackDown tomorrow night? Of course I'm going to watch SmackDown tomorrow night. Um, I haven't really missed the show in the Triple H era. Uh, and so we'll see how that goes. Um and and I've enjoyed them. That's the thing is, uh, I haven't actively been missing a lot of that stuff because of a brand name. Like a lot of it for me was just it wasn't for me. Uh, but the last few shows I have enjoyed. And so nah, I'm as I said before, I'm eating good as a pro wrestling fan right now. Uh, I have nothing to complain about. Um, I'm still not watching NXT 2.0. That show is definitely not for me. Uh, but. <laughs> The, I, I, it's not to say that I'm not giving all of this stuff a try, but uh, if it's not for me, it's not for me. And so that's pretty much it. Rob, thank you for being here on this first edition of Day After Dynamite right here on the core Fightful, the main roster, as we've been calling it. We got the call up. I got the call up. Uh, and next week, there's going to be even more fun stuff. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've, I've been wanting to do one of these, and I reached out to you a couple weeks ago when I knew I was coming to this show. I was like, hey, I'm going to be there. If you you want me the next day, I'd absolutely love to do it. And uh, I was like, let's do it, you know, and you gave me that chance. And I love just being there, and I love being part of this show, too. And it was just a great day yesterday, and um. Just I, I, exactly what you said. Wrestling is reading good right now. You know, yes. it's fantastic and eating I, good. Yeah. What plugs do you want to make, really quick, Rob? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rob Wilkins. Otherwise, every Friday at three o'clock, I host coexisting with Rob and Maggie. And then at four thirty, we move over on Fightful Select, and we do just like a short interview. Will was on there two weeks ago with us. Um, <laughs> I was, and that was fun. And this week we have Tom talks rubbish on there. Um, he, he's Super Shadow, be, you heard from earlier. Yeah, he's going to be on there. We're going to have a blast with him. And um, other than that, on Fightful Select, I do all the pay per view pre shows on there, and then I do retro reviews. So I'm on Fightful exclusively. So check me out there, fightful.com. That's right. And as I mentioned, cool stuff coming about. Somebody in the chat guessed it. I'm not going to say who, but you know who, because he's he literally just typed something. Um, but uh, there'll be an announcement about that very, very soon. Uh, pretty much as soon as everything's ready. But uh, outside of that, folks, don't forget to follow me. I'm William RBR on 
uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I also host Grapsity. That is the kind of flagship of things that I do. Uh, that's every Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. That's right here, youtube.com slash Fightful. And I also uh, am over on the Women's Wrestling Army channel hosting um, Beyond the Bells. And I've got some cool stuff happening there. Uh, and sorry, I'm smiling at the chat because that person knows the, <laughs> that they've just been acknowledged. Um, and yeah, like I said, cool stuff coming up. Uh, otherwise, folks, that's it for this edition of Day After Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. For my guest, Rob Wilkins, I'm Will Washington. I will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.